Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like, so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test. And then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me. Cause I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that today's episode is with kate I loved interviewing her. She is a rapid transformational hypnotherapist. She works with people on their most triggering issues. She transforms their beliefs formed in early childhood so that they don't have to impact people's lives anymore. The rapid transformational therapy is a award-winning modality. It's founded by Marissa Peer, and she combined the best practices from NLP, hypnotherapy, CBT, and neuroscience. We go into so many incredible things in this interview from self-sabotage, money blocks, the difference between hypnotherapy and regular therapy, and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started.
So thank you so much, Kate, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I'd love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there. Hi, uh, thank you. Thank you, Sophia. It has it's a pleasure to be here and to share what I have gone through and the things that I didn't know that now are so accessible. You know, I got to know internet when I was 16. Like before that, we didn't have that. So we didn't have an access to a lot of things. I was born and raised in Ukraine in a pretty middle range family, you know, uh, with lots of trauma, with lots of repressed emotions, you know, not knowing what I'm going to do in my life, where parents decide everything for you. And because they decide everything for you, you make the belief that, oh, I can make a decision on my own. So that was the biggest pushing moment that pushed me through all this 20s, you know, starting from 12, when I first had alcohol and, and smoking, and it became an addiction. I had this numbing that I had to do in order to overcome, you know, fears. And I felt so light and so nice when I drank and I smoked. However, when I rolled into my 15 and 16, there was a question what I'm going to do with my life. But because no one told me or everyone told me what I should do deep inside, I didn't want that. So I entered the university that I really didn't want to go to. I took another degree that I really didn't want to go to. And all of that mixed with partying, <laughs> was like dating, you know, and so it was a big shit show. But what the most interesting part is, what did I do to numb that pain? So first was addiction. Another was binge watching the TV, video games, you know, everything and anything that could get me away from reality. And that's what I noticed what people usually do, because when I started to work with young people and I worked in the retail for some time as a manager, I noticed that they do the same. So that's what spiked my interest. Like, why? Why are you 18? Why are you 20? You're doing the same exact mistake that I did. So I, I did a really interesting research. I calculated the amount of time that I spent watching the shows, reading cheap romance books, because it was, you know, also numbing the feeling. And from the age of 16 till my 26, I would say, I spent two and a half years, two and a half years just watching and reading stuff that really didn't give me any benefit. Can you imagine that? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And people don't realize that until they see the numbers. When we've been to watch Netflix for the whole weekend, we don't realize how much time it is, you know, wasted. Mm -hmm. Right. So why I did that, right, is because I couldn't face the childhood trauma. So that's what hypnotherapy does. And this is the difference between the traditional therapy, which is amazing. It's like a coaching process and the hypnotherapy that just goes directly to the deep root cause of the problem and it uncovers it. And then the person understands like, oh, that's why I procrastinate. That's why I self-sabotage. That's why I suppress. That's why I people please. That's why I don't set boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. Because my mom used to do that. And she showed me. So that was the only way I knew how to do that. So in my case, self-sabotage was coming from my mom's beliefs. I saw her as a very creative person who never got to use that creativity because she said, well, I'm not good enough. Well, I'm, I cannot do that. So when I started to develop my creativity and I knew there was something that I could do it, it was the same exact feeling and belief. Oh, I, I don't think I can do that. And what do we do 
what do we feel when we say that to ourselves? We feel like we are like, oh, sadness, loneliness, isolation, you know? And then you want to numb that. So you go back to that same pattern that you were in, you know? So this is, this is a very, uh, this is like a looping thought. So you wake up with that same feeling, I'm not good enough. I, I don't deserve that. This is not available to me because I have never known how to get that. I, I don't know what to do. You feel sad and you go back into that pattern. Either it's procrastinating, either it's zoning out, you know, social media, swiping and then looking, anything and everything that could get you away from what you really want and what you really need to do. Yeah. And I'm curious, did you have like a moment where you realize, oh my gosh, like my life's on autopilot. I keep numbing out. Like it's the same thing over and over again. Like, did you have like a moment of you were like so fed up of like the same track where you're like, I have to do something about it? Or when was that moment for you? Yeah. So the last kind of drop was that my, my, um, my dad asked me to open the business back home, the restaurant business, which is, I'm like, was zero. I didn't know any, anything about it, but because he, it was his dream, he asked me to help him. And at 24, you know, super charged, done with my university job. I'm like, yes, we can do it. And of course it failed. Of course, in a couple of years, like five or six years, it failed. But that was my bottom like how people say my rock button. When I come home completely drained, you work 18 hours, you don't even feel anything. And my husband came to me and he told me like, Kate, if you don't get out of there, I don't know what's going to happen to you. You look, you're 26 and you look like you're 38. <laughs> and that was, it was kind of harsh. Yeah. But at the same time, he was like, I cannot see you like that. Like, so let's, let's think about what we can do. And of course I cried a lot, all of those unexpressed emotions. Right. So I realized that if I don't change by a couple of years, if I don't grow, something will happen either with my health, because I was drinking a lot, you know, I was numbing the feelings. I was smoking quite a few, (laughs) I think a pack a day. And I would definitely deteriorate in career and in goals. And in, I completely disconnected with my child. So that was a whole lot of things that brought me to the bottom. That I was like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want to do. So sometimes you need to get out of yourself and to look at your life. And it's very great if a person can do it by themselves at home when no one sees them because they like, you know, this fear of judgments, fear of criticism. They can look at their life as like, well, this is shitty. Oh, and this is shitty. <laughs> And this is I don't like. And they can absolutely evaluate, you know, their life to see what can. Then if they have the picture, they can seek help and support. Okay, I need help with my mental thing. I need help with my career or like, you know, personal development. I need help with health. So that's when a person can at least know what they need when they make a picture of their life. But at 20, it's like, who cares? I have so much time in front of me. <laughs> no one really, really cares, you know, because, and I've, I've no, I saw that it was just me. I thought that what I was experiencing, it was very unique that everyone around me, especially the social media was loud at that time as well. And all of those beautiful pictures and, and successful people were popping up in your feed, you know, and you're like, oh my goodness, I wish I could be them. I wish I could be them. And now as a 35 year old woman, I kind of understand that they did something differently that I did in order to get where they are. So it's, it's a big advice 
from me to like a 20 year old person who is who's kind of uncertain, right? They don't know what they want is to imagine their life in the future, like the ideal life. How do you want, how much do you want to make? And usually millennials, they dream big. You know, they want like, I want to like a hundred dollars an hour, like a $50 an hour. And I know I can do it because my friend does it, my dad did it. So I can do it as well. Okay. What do people do for $70 an hour? That question, do they watch Netflix? Mm, I don't think so. Do they, right? Do they procrastinate and like just swipe Facebook for two hours? No, right? They learn, they, they develop themselves. They, they get to the things that you probably want to, but don't know if you should, if it's going to give you reward because we all want instant gratification. You, we want it now. That's, that's how self-sabotage comes in because we want it now right here and right now. We don't know what's, what's delayed gratification is. And that's okay because it's our anxious brain. It's part of our science, part of our body, of our mind functioning. It's the way that we learn to control it, you know? So that's, that's an important thing for the person at, in their 20s and 18s to, to think about what the ideal person they want to become and how can they get there? Because there is no magic around they can work on their blocks. They can work on their self-growth. Yes, but there is no magic around it. So if they want to be a person at 30 like this, that they envision, they need to know the steps, how to get there. And I'm like curious, after you had that experience of like your dad's restaurant feeling, like how do you not take that into like when you started like doing hypnotherapy or when you started something later on, like I failed at this, so I'm going to fail at the next thing too. Like, how do you not take that with you into the next thing that you did afterwards? I absolutely, Sophia, took it into the next, uh, into the next career. So when I hit my rug button and my husband said, like, we, we need to take you out of the restaurant. The only, the only way he saw it possible is to get out of the country. (laughs) So, so we decided the immigration process. And that's when we came in 2016 to Canada. And of course, everything changed, right? Like new society, it was super exciting, fearful, scary, but it was different. So that definitely took me out and I could look back and like, oh, that one, that wasn't good. Those five, those three years were really not good for me and for my health and mental health. And so I went into another job that I found in Canada and I brought these same exact qualities, that same self-sabotage, that same procrastination, that same people-pleasing. I couldn't set the boundaries. I was ready to do everything, work harder. I'm going to make more if I work even harder. You know, so I took all of that into my next career until I, and in my next career, I started to work with young people because that was a retail store and all the students starting from 16 till 25 were working with me. And that's when I started to see the patterns that I actually had myself. And I looked at them and I was like, something is in the way of them becoming what they want. Because they all come to me and like, Kate, I I want something better. I want to make an impact. You know, I want to become someone. I can't just work in the retail all my life, you know, but just don't know how to get there. I want a big job. I want a big girl job, a big boy job, you know. And, And every day 
it will just repeat and repeat and repeat. That's when I started to get interested in the subconscious mind. I knew there is something that is holding them back. They were absolutely capable, absolutely smart. They had degrees, you know, or were in college. So what was holding them back? That's what I started to, to learn about subconscious mind. And, and I was in therapy myself and it was great. But as soon as I come out of the session, I would fall back in that same pattern again because it was talking to my logic. And logically, I understood everything. I was like, yes, yes, I need to, you know, need to do this, need to do this, need to grow. But I would come home and again, fall back into the pattern. When I started to get into the subconscious mind, and that's when I started to do self-hypnosis on myself, I started to uncover the beliefs, the limiting beliefs from the age when I was two and I was four and I was six and seven and even 12. So those are the crucial period of time that the child forms these first beliefs that what I want is not available to me. I'm not enough for my parents. I'm not smart enough, not skinny enough, not beautiful enough, anything. And something is wrong with me. Like I'm not like anyone else. Something is different. Those, those core beliefs, and that's part of the school that I went to and that they do install these, these notions for us to understand that um, these beliefs form your life. They determine how we act our whole life because our subconscious mind does not know time. It doesn't understand time. So every time a person creates like self-sabotaging, like, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's too unfamiliar, too, too scary, too out of the comfort zone. I'll just go and go to, to Google, to Google and Amazon, you know, because I just can't do that. Or they get sick even. Sometimes people come with the physical symptoms when they are fearful of something, of change. It's like, I don't want to change. And your body is like, okay, let's give you the illness. So you actually don't have to change. The mind is so smart, but the subconscious mind, it replays and replays that same belief over and over again from our childhood. And that's when I got into the hypnotherapy and started to work with people to reframe that belief, to work with, with young people, even children and, and other people in their 30s and 40s and 50s, where we started to like, you know what? Yes, you had that belief. But that doesn't mean it has to be with you all your life. So we go back and we regress the person in hypnosis back to those beliefs. They, they connect to those feelings that they felt when they were two or three, when there was something traumatic, parents divorce, you know, abuse, neglect, a procrastination of their parents can project on their procrastination. So they go back, they look at that scene or event, emotional. They're like, oh yeah, that's what I thought when I was two. And I tell them, but you are not two anymore. You are 18 or you are 22 or 35 or 45. So you have something that you didn't have as a two-year-old. You have a choice and you have a voice. Because as a two-year-old, when you saw your parents fighting, you couldn't say anything. So you formed the belief that, oh, it is my fault. So I need to be better. I need to be better. I need to please everyone. That's just an example. That's just an example of the belief. I need to be better. I need to please everyone just so nothing happens. And then another fight of, the, of, of her parents happen. And again, she forms the belief that, oh, I'm helpless. I, I can't have a normal family. There's something wrong. It's my fault. So when she's 22, if there is even, they can even tr get triggered by a fight in front of them. They're like, oh, it's my fault. Oh, and then you become this, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, you become this people pleaser, you know, I should better get, like, get away from the conflict, you know. So this is all affects us. And then I, I go with them. I go with the client and I was like, okay, you're 22. What can you say now that you couldn't say as a two-year-old? And they're like, oh, I actually can just 
walk out of the room if someone is fighting, you know? Or I could just, could you do that as a two-year-old? No. But they understand that, oh my God, I have so many options now that I didn't have as a kid. <laughs> and they become more, you know, you, you bring the power. They get their power back. And the same was, for example, money blocks. The same. I go with the client. It's like, okay, I have money blocks. I make this amount of money, can get more. No matter what I do, I think like I, I, just, I just don't know what to do with the money. So when we regress that person, client goes back to the scene where he's seven years, seven years old and his parents are opening a business and they're fighting in the kitchen and they're talking. Oh, it's so hard. It is, it is so hard. We're going to fail. We're going to lose our house if something happens. We need to be very cautious. And then the child walks into the kitchen and the dad say, go, 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 don't, we're doing this like a really, really important thing here. So don't, don't be in a way. And the dad always tells that child, oh yes, money is hard. It is hard to get them. You know, they don't grow on the trees. In order to get the money, you need to work really, really hard. And the child, because they don't know anything else, they form the belief. And that belief is so strong, even if they don't benefit them. Every time a person finds a job or or, you know, tries to, to open a business, right? They have the same belief. It's going to be hard. It is very risky. There are so many fears that can come in. So they either don't open the business or they stay in a job that they, you know, at least it's secure, at least it's comfort, right? Or they work really hard and overexhaust and burn out and they still don't get the reward. So that's, that's the money block come very, very often into our childhood. I'm curious, like how many sessions does it take to let's say get over like a money block or like a specific block? How many sessions do you have to do to work through that? A rapid transformational uh, hypnotherapy is very rapid. It needs one session because you go to the root and the cause of that issue. And once you understand where it comes from, and when you look and perceive the, the, the life of the successful people, right? Do you understand that? Oh, yeah, I was five when I formed the belief that we, we never had money. I always only saw coins when the people only see coins, you know, and like small change, right? They form that belief that big money is not available to them. They have this feeling that there is not, not enough, not ever enough. So when they form that belief and they understand where did they get it, they're like, oh, yeah, but I was five and my parents were, you know, they didn't, they didn't do well in their life, which is their problem, not mine, you know, and I'm sorry for them, but I'm not them. I'm not in that environment anymore. This is not my belief. This is my dad's belief or my mom's belief or the society I grew up in. That's not my belief. I want to form the belief of abundance. You know, I know that, you know, there's so many people who are extremely rich and successful, you know, so I think I can get there too. You know, so this abundance, right, comes mm -hmm. from abundance block comes from I'm, I'm not enough. I'm not, it's not available to me, you know, that something was limited in their life in the childhood. So usually one session is completely enough. And then they listen to the recording, you know, to just kind of make those changes permanent. And they are able to look at their life differently. They're able to look at their life as like, okay, I have a plan now. At least I have a perspective now. And like in this session, do you only focus on one thing or do you focus on multiple things on that session? Usually one thing. One yeah. Thing. Your mind, your mind is brilliant. It locks onto one thing. It locks onto one. Like I want to work on self-belief or I want to work on self-esteem or money block, abundance block, abundance block, as you, uh, and, and as you said, like it is a receiving as well. It is being able to receive a compliment, to receive a gift, right? 
It's like breathing. When you breathe in, it's when you take. You take, you breathe in. When you breathe out, you give, right? So can you imagine if you could only breathe out? That's it. You breathe out and breathe out and breathe out until there is nothing left to give. So the same, the same was given and receiving. You have to, the person needs to learn to balance. I used to, and, and this is a really good advice and tip for, for the young people and for anyone who's listening. If someone is giving you a compliment, thank you so much. You, not like, oh, no, no, don't mention it. That's okay. No worries at all. You know, when someone tells you, thank you, when you say you're very welcome, you know, change it, change the, oh, don't worry. Oh, no worries at all. Oh, that's nothing. Change it to, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And that changes when you do it for months or two in the environment you're in, either it's a job, you know, or family, it changes your perspective. You start to be really proud of yourself for what you did. Because I used to say, no worries. All my 30 years, I would say, if someone told me, thank you, Kate, that was so nice. Oh, did, you did a great job. I was like, no worries at all. That's nothing. And, uh, and of course, what I tell to myself, I tend to really believe in. So I believe that everything I do is nothing. So that's a good tip for people. Yeah. Just change that. Any, anytime a person tells you, thank you so much, you did a great job. You say, you're very welcome. And if someone gives a compliment, thank you so much. I love it. Like, I appreciate you noticing that. You know, like something like that. And then it changes your self-belief, your self-confidence. And it's, I've seen that in a person. We've, we've practiced that at my previous job and I loved it. And the, the, the amount of confidence that the person feels only in like a month is huge. And she was telling me like, Kate, I, I now go in home and I tell you're welcome. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for noticing. And, and the whole perspective of a person changes. And if you were to like summarize like the most common blocks you feel come up for like 20 somethings, what do you feel like the most common things that come up for them? Yeah. So if, if I would be right now, if I could go back and be like a 20 year old me and look at that world and I was the biggest block is I want it now. I want it now. Everything that I want has to come now. If it doesn't come now, I shouldn't even try. I shouldn't even try. So this instant gratification, the block that there is nowhere else. There is no other way. It's either this way or I step away and try something else. So this is the big block. I am not enough is the biggest block. And you can put anything between not and enough. And you will see that with eating disorders, you know, with dieting. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not beautiful enough. My eyebrows are not too thick and not too thin. Okay. My eyes are like, so I'm not enough is the biggest one. I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not lovable enough. I'm not appreciated enough. So all the things that you can put between not and enough will be the case with any young person. Because we grow up in families very often, in a families that also projected those beliefs on ourselves. Oh, you didn't, when a person tell you, oh, you didn't do a good job with this mark in math. You should try harder. That's not good enough. So good enough is a lot. When you, you connect social media and a person, it will be something is not available to me. So we look at these successful people, beautiful people, pictures on Instagram. And uh, you look at them like, oh my God, this is so amazing. They have this feed, you know, pictures. They have this time, these beautiful families, you know, that have all the clean house, you know, and the kids and everything is so nice. And you look like, oh, I cannot do that because my house is so messy. I'm 20. I got a baby at 18 and I'm a mess. <laughs> 
and she's 20 and she has two kids and somehow she's not a mess. <laughs> so something is wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So we formed that. So those three beliefs, I'm not enough. Something is not available to me. Money, beauty, marriage, a good partner, you know, a good career, anything is not available to me. And something must be wrong with me. If they have it and I don't, something is wrong with me because this is what we are used to form when we are kids and how do you how do you like accept like not having things right away like how do you like accept like it's gonna take a while like it's not instant gratification everything takes a while like how do you like release that that need to like I need to see progress right away or I need to see this manifest right away it's usually for me what helped me personally is looking at the stories of successful people all of us have someone that we look up to. Either it's a coach or a guru, you know, or someone in a, a billionaire, you know. You look at them and you just press on YouTube their interview. And each and every of them will tell you the behind the scenes story of their success. And usually they will tell you, oh, I failed at 13 businesses before I became a millionaire. Oh, you know what? I was abused sexually and physically until I was 15. And then I ran from home and then I, you know. So you know that it wasn't an instant gratification. So when you look at all of those people that you look up to, or at least you like, right? And then you're like, oh, so they didn't get it right away. They might post on the Instagram these beautiful pictures that they got it, but they didn't actually. So when you realize that it doesn't happen to anyone, you know, and you try to filter what you see on the social media, you know, you filter these um, ads that tell you like, earn a million in three days, you know, <laughs> or like, you know, make a split in 10 days <laughs> and all of those things, you know, like your skin can be younger in three days with this kind of thing. So when you look at that, we have to filter that. We have to understand that you can't have something for nothing. This is the law of the nature. You cannot have something for nothing. Everything has a price. And if you look and it's like, oh, I want to be a billionaire, a millennial. He's like, okay, I want to be a billionaire. I'm going to build a business. Everything comes with a price. When you look at people who got something, they had to sacrifice something. Sometimes it's a complete isolation from social media. Sometimes it's actually not being able to jump into, to have a relationship. A lot of successful people are alone, are singles, because they focused so much on building this amazing company that they had to sacrifice. And that's what they put. Some people got sick, you know, or had some health issues. So there is always a price to everything. You can absolutely play the balance, but you need to understand that in order to get there, there could be this, 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 this that I need to say no to. So for me, my biggest tip for the people just to watch the interview of the successful people, listen to the podcast, something like your podcast that is telling you the stories of those people who came through so much trauma, so much shit show in the 20s <laughs> to get to where they are. So that's, that's interesting. And then when you understand that, oh, actually no one is getting that that fast. So maybe what I'm thinking is not actually the right, <laughs> the right belief. So, but it's an anxious brain. So it's always will be with us. We will always feel this instant gratification. It's the way we learn to understand that, yes, it is part of me, but I, I can't satisfy that need. There is nothing that can come to me right away, you know? <laughs> If I want something really important in my life, a career, you know, or, or even a partner or even a relationship, that takes time to build. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, how do you, 
what do you think like for self-sabotage where do you think it shows up the most in us like where do you think it really just tends to like do you feel like self-sabotage tends to be in one area or does it tend to be like in all areas also usually it tends to be in all areas self-sabotage is when there is a fear of change the fear of unfamiliar so when you want something you have a vision like okay I want this company or I want this career or I want this partner but it's so unfamiliar you've never had that that your brain it wants to keep you safe every person needs to understand that their brain wants to keep you safe so your brain will talk to you and it will tell you no 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 Kate this is something that can be even more painful than what you have now so better be in this pain that you are now <laughs> because at least you know this pain and you don't know that pain that pain can be very very painful so stay here in order to stay here I'll give you all of these instant cravings, emotional things that you need to do, you know, go do something, do something else, but not that because first, you're not good enough for that. And second, it can be very dangerous and painful. So just stay away from that, you know, and then we start to tell ourselves these lies, these, these words that form our reality. I, I'm not good enough for that. I, it's not... It's not me. Yeah, they can do that, but I will never be able to do that. And when you say that, your mind understands your, it's like a genie. Your mind is a genie. You know, imagine you have this genie bottle and you tell your mind like, oh, I'm, I, I can't have that. No, no. And the, your, your genie, your mind is like, okay, Kate, you won't have it. So our mind gives us exactly what we tell our mind. So that's where the sabotage comes from, you know? The fear of unfamiliar, the fear of change, the fear of failure, the fear of criticism. And it all goes into your childhood. When we failed our exam first time, when, we, when our teacher yelled at us for, for not doing very good, we know that it's so painful to be there. It's better to stay where we are. And self-sabotage is like, like it's a best friend of procrastination. They're best friends. They go hand in hand. <laughs> And what's something that you do every morning that has been a game changer for you? So uh, two years ago, when the pandemic started, uh, I started to like to get back to the psychology, you know, and started to take courses. And then uh, I knew that I had two kids and a husband and I couldn't and a job. So I, I didn't know where to find that time for myself. So I started to wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> and, and it's the book by Robin Sharma, if, if you've ever heard about him. He's, he's a guru of motivation and inspiration. And he was having this book, 5 a.m. Club, where you read about if you want to have some extra time in your day, you need to wake up early. But you have to do it for 66 days to form the habit. You should have seen what was happening with me in this 66 days. I hated myself. I hated Robin Sharma. And, <laughs> and I was waking up was the start why in hell I'm doing this but when you wake up at five and you have time for yourself doesn't matter what you do if you just drink coffee or tea if you go for a walk or if you just sit there and listen to the music it is your time you finally find time for yourself and it's better to be by yourself so it's better to do it by yourself it's just you and when there is nowhere to go a person goes inwards we usually in those 5 a.m. morning hour, you go inside and you finally try to evaluate your life, seeing what's working for you, what's not working, what is keeping you stuck. In 66 days, you can't imagine your life without waking up early. And then you can, you can, work, you can work out. You know, it's, it's up to the person. Some people want to work out in the evening. Someone work out in the morning. I work out in the morning and I'm really hard to keep up the working out. So I do it only for 15 minutes. I work out every day 
10, 15 minutes. Because for me, going to the gym three days a week for an hour never worked. <laughs> so for me, it just doesn't work. Or works for a couple of months or a couple of weeks and then. So for me, it's good to just stretch for 10, 15 minutes in the morning and that's it. And at least I know that it's 10 minutes and I'm, and I'm done. <laughs> so that's what's happened. That's what changed my whole inner world is waking up and having one hour or one and a half or until seven, two hours to yourself. There is no one, no partner, no kids, no, no school, no college, no nothing, just you and what you want to do. And usually people read, people read something, people meditate, you know, I meditate sometimes, but I usually do self-hypnosis because it kind of brings me more deeper and I do it and I record myself self, self-hypnosis audio <laughs> and I just listen to it, you know, for whatever I want. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what a person can take. They can wake up at six if they usually wake up at seven or, or, or eight and make that extra hour in a day. Mm-hmm. What is something you're excited about right now? Hmm. I want to launch my course and it's a five, six day course, a very small one with the lecture and the self-hypnosis for boosting self-confidence. It goes very deep. It is a short so people can commit actually to that time, you know, and I'm really excited. I'm starting to, you know, develop it, making videos, you know, and explaining people about all of those limiting beliefs about case studies from my clients, you know, so they, they can resonate, you know, people can resonate. Oh yeah, that also happened to me. And when they can resonate, they can actually like try to, to act upon something, you know, to make some actions, to make some choices and decisions and then they and then they every day a hypnosis audio so that they can put themselves into hypnosis by themselves they can go back into their child they can regress themselves that by themselves and to find out the reason for their self-sabotage procrastination anxiety panic attack fear anything so i'm really excited because i want to launch it this summer and yeah looking forward to it and do you think there's any difference between doing self-hypnosis versus going to someone for hypnosis or I think that the the person needs to start doing it by themselves just to get this feeling that I can trust a person to put me in it because I know what it is you know the stigma around hypnosis is like oh you know people can make me do something that I don't want to but if they know how it feels they will be very willing to go to the hypnotherapist and they can absolutely open up better. I can be like, I can trust because I know that I'm in control. In hypnosis, people are in so much control that they're so aware of their emotions and and feelings that you will never be able to give them other suggestions. The person can only take suggestions that they feel they will benefit them. Mm -hmm. So if I I put a client in in, in a hypnosis and tell them to go and buy me a Lamborghini, they will not. It's a fairy tale. It's like, you know, it's something that is like, it's a very limited, yeah, limited belief of that was made by stage hypnosis, you know, and, and all of the entertainment hypnosis that people used to do and still do. But um, I do uh, therapeutic hypnosis, right? So people who want to uncover the blocks, uncover the limiting beliefs, but it's great to do it. And there are so many resources, you know, I even have like free self-hypnosis meditations on my website that people can go sleep secondary uh, benefit, uh, you know, dealing with stressful situations, they can regress themselves, they can talk to themselves. And that gives them the notion, oh, this is what it is. This is not scary. And then they go to the hypnotherapist for a very specific issue, something 
that they feel they need the guidance, someone to guide them back into the childhood, you know, help them reframe it, help them to find the purpose for that issue, why you're still holding on that issue, why do you have this belief, and that's what hypnotherapists can help. And I have a final question for you. If you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell her? I would tell her that she is enough, that she's doing her best based on the experience she has, that every single pain has the seed for the growth. Every single trauma, every single tear that she shed has its purpose. And that in the end, all of those experiences that she gained will make her so much stronger Like, I want to tell her that. I want to tell her that you're so lovable, that there are people in this world that really, really love you, that you're absolutely enough and don't blame, don't guilt, don't don't drown in those feelings. So that's what I would love to say. And I would love to tell her that everything is going to work out the way it should be, that all of these struggles that you are experiencing now, all of these thoughts negative thoughts that you have, the depression that you have of not knowing what to do, it will all work out. You will find it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that everyone, and and I do that in my, um, in my session, I bring people to hug their little selves, Mm. their little wounded child, you know, like Mm. for seven, seven. And I want you to go back to that seven-year-old you that was so upset in her room by herself because her parents are getting a divorce. You don't know what to do with that. I want you to go back and I want you to hug that girl. I want you to tell her how much you love her, that you are becoming a loving parent to her now, that no one will love you the way I do, right? So, and that is so revealing to the person when they didn't get enough love from from parents or from siblings, you know, or from caregivers, they can give that love to themselves. And that's a super huge, big difference for them, especially in hypnosis. They cry usually in this tool, you know, and they, they really understand like, oh my God, if I don't love myself, I won't be able to receive love from someone else. Yeah. Where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? Oh, I, um, yeah, I have a website and I, I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook, you know, and I post a lot of posts about self-confidence, you know, about my experience with addictions, with postpartum depression, with procrastination. So this perfectionism and then compulsive disorders, like they can find so much information on my Instagram. Yeah. And they can absolutely connect with me there or on the website. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.